right, we start off with Ken and Lima on the Browns finding ways to win ball games. I wonder if going forward this year with this offense, we've got to get out get out of our headspace the thought that it's going to be Watson deep balls down the field consistently dominating offense from start to finish. Should we just get that out of our heads and say this is the way they've got to win? They've got to win the game with screen plays, with and there was some clutch. I mean, you want to talk about clutch? I don't know if from, there's a certain Deshaun. way they have to win anymore. I think last year and the year before there was a certain way they had to win, and if they couldn't do it, they weren't going to do it. I watched Sunday. I think they found a new way to win. I think they did. I think they got out of their comfort zone, and I've watched that throughout this entire year. That's why I've been marveling at the job that Kevin Stefanski's done. And I'll talk more about him and Jim Schwartz coming up at 845 because there's a comparison that we need to make there. But you and I have done the same thing. In these games, they have won games getting out of their comfort zone. They've done what it takes to win. It's the exact thing we've always wanted out of our head coaches because the other guy over in Pittsburgh has been doing it that way for 17 years. It's a fascinating question. I I feel like you you don't get Deshaun Watson to then pull back the reins of Deshaun, but you're trying to balance out the idea that you need to get wins. And as evidenced by what you saw in the first half compared to the second half, they pulled back on Deshaun in the second half, and he was wildly successful doing that. 14 of 14, he wasn't throwing the ball deep, wasn't airing it out, or in the first half he was airing the ball out. Kind of like he gave him handcuffs and then said, okay, we're going to see you succeed in this area And then maybe we'll revisit the other part of it down the road. I just don't think Stefanski operates in a system in general where he puts handcuffs on his guys. Even Jacoby Brissett, I don't think he wanted to put handcuffs on him. P.J. Walker, he never put handcuffs on him. It'd be weird if all of a sudden he started and just said, okay, Deshaun, you're my guy. You're the one that I put handcuffs on. It's not in Stefanski's DNA. I find the whole conversation fascinating because you still got to win ballgames. And if in the postseason – Having a better chance of winning means Deshaun Watson is more game manager than he is. Wow, look at that guy. Top five quarterback. I know what you guys want. I know what I want. Just win, baby. I don't care if there's style points attached to this. Nobody's grading me based off of style points. Get me to as deep in the postseason as I can get. All right. It's Nick and it's Dustin. They interviewed new Guardians manager Stephen Vogt as he talked about some of his superstitions. Stephen, your Wikipedia page, and you might have to shoot this down for us, it says you have a superstitious habit of getting dressed in a specific sequence each day. Is that true, and when did this start? Um, Yeah, it is true, and it started kind of probably about 2011 or 2012, and I, I didn't really even notice it until my locker mate said something. He's like, you have something wrong with you. And I said, what's that? And he's like, you get dressed in the same exact order every single day. And I, I said, I do. And then I just started thinking about it and realized, oh, yeah, I guess I do. And it's just something that I've done. I don't know when it started or how, or but just try to be as routine-oriented as possible. And I, I guess my, my psyche took over, and I took that to an extreme. So, all right, and I just got to know, I'm a process guy myself, not necessarily – um, anything successful, but I certainly have my processes. I'm curious, like, where do we start? Do we start with the socks? Like, what has to go first? What has to go last? Yeah, I mean, clearly you start with the undergarment, right? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then everything I do is left to right. So it's left sock, right sock, left pant leg, right pant leg, left shoe, right shoe. You yeah. know, so it's left, everything I do is left to right. Baseball guys are weird. That's all you can say on it. Baseball guys are weird. Baseball guys have superstitions. 
It's part of the fabric of the sport. Baseball guys do those type of things. I don't even think... I was thinking about this when he was saying it, and we were, I was like listening to the interview live. I don't think I put my clothes on one way or another. I just never thought about it. And then the more I was thinking about it, I always put my shorts on first. I'll say that much. Shorts, pants, whatever it is, that always goes on first. I don't know. Never a left-right type thing, and that's never... No, 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 no. I wish I had a better superstition for you guys because I feel like the type of person that probably should because I love routine. I'm a big routine guy, but I just don't. And I'm willing to break routines if I feel like there's a better way, and I think maybe that's the difference here. Superstitious guys, they're like, there's, there can't possibly be a better way. Me, I'm like, there's always a better way. Let's try something new out. Even if I like a routine, I'm willing to break it. All right, next up, Baskin and Phelps. They bring a caller into play here, and I think it was a good point made about our brownies. Here we go. I'm, I'm a 72 baby. It only happened a couple of times. We ain't had Bernie in a long time. And since then, we ain't had no success. So I'm ecstatic right now. I don't care what the, whatever the deficiencies is. We can work through them as we're winning. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Drake. Class of 72, Browns fan. Yesterday it was 76. Coming in real pop, positive and optimistic. He made a great 72 point. 72 coming through now. Don't you think he made a great point? Which one? Did you keep moving the goalposts. Yes. All right, so you need this. Okay, you got that. Well, now they're not going to be really good until this. Well, then this isn't. I think he's absolutely right. Andy, they're 6-3 and three after nine games. Would, would you have taken that at the beginning of the season? Absolutely. Would you, and if you had told me Deshaun wasn't playing for majority of those games? Jack Four? Conklin, Nick Chubb, yeah. the whole thing. I mean, I'd have taken six and three with everybody healthy. That's the point. And six and three is an awesome spot for us to be in. And this was supposed to be the quote unquote hard part of the schedule. This was supposed to be the part of the schedule that we weren't be able to go six and three in. We were going to go six and three in the back half of the schedule, not the front half of the schedule. You'd sign up for it all day, every day, especially with the injuries that we know. I just thought it was a fascinating little back and forth and a kind of a, a nice moment to sit back and realize just how far this Browns team has truly come and how far our expectations have changed. Something I'm very proud of, it feels like, within this fan base is that not only have we had success, but I feel like we're also moving the goalpost in an appropriate way. Some people think about moving the goalpost, they think about it in a bad way. I think in life you always should be moving the goalpost. You know, I like, if I achieve one dream of mine, do I stop at that being the only dream I could ever achieve anymore? Having my own show, talking with you guys. That was a dream of mine, is a dream of mine. I achieved it. Is that it? Do I just say I can no longer dream anymore? I'm just, I'm done dreaming? No, you got to keep dreaming. You got to come up with new things, new things to seek after, new things to go after. And that's that same thing with football as well. You achieve your dream as a football team. You accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish. You set new dreams. You set new goals. You should always be thinking about it that way and with football teams they they don't look at it the same way we do as fans i don't believe that to be true i think most football teams enter each year thinking we're going to go 17 and 0 and they're just ridiculous then they get a little slice of humble pie and then it's that one week at a time mantra and then they go from there whereas football fans we get to speak the honest truths we know our honesty attached to these type of teams and with this browns team i said 11 wins before the season they're trending towards more than 11 Let's see what they can do. 
All right, next up, Ken and Lima on Eagles, and I don't mean the Philadelphia Eagles. Is there a point where you'd be upset with too many tax dollars being spent on going after Michigan for sign stealing? <laughs> well, like, wait a depends. minute, we're risking another government shutdown we're, again, according uh, to the news this morning, and you're spending my tax dollars on what? Tell me where I'm diverting it from. If I'm diverting from a cause that I don't agree with, the then Department it's of be Natural fun. Resources. Oh, they don't need it. <laughs> there are plenty. The heck with the, the eagles are off the endangered list. <laughs> hey, there's one. There's one at the nature center right oh, next to my, my oh, house. Oh, except one landed on his they house. They land on my house. So the one that's always on Fox oh, this Eight. This is a normal thing. The big nest that's on Fox Eight is 400 feet. From my you house. bastard! Too many bald eagles. Not, not enough bald eagles. You can never have enough bald eagles. This American brother. They drop fish on my street. No, they don't. <laughs> They're causing problems. I, you got to take them out. I am so jealous. Halloween was weird. Kids were just picking up the fish. Oh, and no. with I will. I will flip through Facebook and people just, there's a bald eagle in our neighborhood. I go, how do you guys all get to see bald eagles in the wild? And I've not been able to see a bald eagle. The whole pandemic, I go, this is the time. I'm at home. I am watching that swamp like a hawk. I looked it up. There's apparently 316,000 bald eagles in america i thought there was like if you would have made me guess jeopardy style I, there's a there's a reality show i like to watch called big brother and sometimes they break up their their competitions like they end the tiebreakers on basically doing a price is right version of uh like a hey, guess and then if you don't go over if you were to make me guess how many bald eagles were in the country i might have might have said 1200 316,000? i had no idea Seems like I should be seeing more bald eagles. Maybe I need to go to Owen's house if I want to see more bald eagles. I don't know. All right, lastly here, we got Nick and Dustin. The two of them talked about the latest with the Cavs and the struggles. We're starting to get to a point where it's it's not time to hit the panic button, but it is time to ask, all right, what are the fixes, and are they more... Are they more significant than, all right, man, all of a sudden, you know, we're going to go to a seven-man rotation or an eight-man rotation? Because, I, I like, I wonder, like, is... Like, two years ago, JB was playing, like, 11 deep. So I know JB can can manage a rotation, a, a deeper rotation. So I don't think that's, like, a fair thing to say. Like, oh, is it on JB because he's having trouble managing, you know, this roster? It might be as simple as he doesn't really know who to trust yet in certain situations. But, again, like, that shouldn't be losing you some of the games you've lost to this point. Like, the OKC game where, yeah, that's a tough matchup, but, like, dude, it's a bunch of 12-year-old kids playing for OKC. I don't know about the shot at OKC at the end there, but I, I, I've taken calls from NBA diehards that are worried about where this team is going. Guys, beyond just Mr. Buckley, known hater Mr. Buckley, this is a tough stretch of the season, and it might be answered away by simply just acknowledging that they beat the Warriors and there was some regression to come in the next game, and Sacramento shot lights out from three. Maybe that's just the answer. Maybe it isn't the answer. I'm not sure. I know a couple things, though. Listening to what... Donovan Mitchell, or at least reading what Donovan Mitchell told our buddy Chris Fedor at Cleveland.com, inconsistency is the devil for this Cavs team. And you know what? If that's going to be what it is, we're going to have a long season. You can't you can't be inconsistent. I said in the last segment, if you're just joining us, I think that Evan Mobley, the NFL quarterback comp for Evan Mobley is Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert entered the league as an A-minus quarterback. He continued to be an A-minus quarterback. We're now in year four. People need Justin Herbert to be better. 
The, the surprising part about Herbert is that he stayed, although really good, he stayed really good and hasn't moved up to awesome. A minus hasn't moved to A plus. That's the same thing with Evan Mobley right now. And I got to figure out, the, the Cavs have to figure out why that is. Is it coaching? Is it something beyond coaching? They got to find an answer for why Mobley hasn't taken that next step forward offensively and his numbers look nearly identical. Lower field goal percentage, lower points per game, but almost nearly identical to what they were last year. And that is the fan focus.